In Florida, Good Samaritans at a local Publix grocery store beat the piss out of a would-be carjacker, and we got the details. In Brazil, an officer kills his wife. Woody's bringing you some details on that. And we have an update on the grieving groom whose bride was killed on their wedding night. These stories and more coming at you today, Monday, December 11th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino, December 11th, and I haven't bought a single gift. Two weeks to Santa Claus comes and Jesus' birthday. Sorry. Is that, are you guys done with, are you well on your way to getting Christmas? Are you fucking, care? Are you fucking kidding me? No. You know, okay, I'm a little panicked about this. I don't know. If, no, I don't uh, know. December 23rd is if, usually if, when I start. If that, if that includes, uh, really? If that includes, me purchasing or paying for presents, I'm sure I'm a year ahead. <laughs> yeah. But me actually buying something? No. Oh, this is... Uh, and you don't ever want to have me wrap a present for you. Oh, gosh. That's, yeah, I'm horrible at it. That's not something I do either. It's a big ball. No, I'm, I'm a disaster that way, too. But I do do my own shopping, and I'm way... So you, do you have a... You, do you have a Yule log? I mean, a Yule tide. Uh, 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 it's a bit nipply in here. Y'all know what that's when they go with Clark's at you the counter talking to the girl, and and, and um, he said, oh, "I'm just looking for my, my wife, my dear poor yes. wife." And he Christmas said, "Oh, she's see, no, her name's Mary." She said, "What a coincidence! My name's Mary." No shit. And then he said, "No shit." <laughs> That's um, the all-time Woody favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. Dress up for it every year. Reenacted. I torture my kids with it since they were young. Now, well, they, usually every year they watch it with me. How about that? So you'd kick Jim's ass in the Christmas Vacation game. I, I, mean, you, I know. I could you, know every line you, to that you, movie. You beat him in the Grinch game, and you never by, watched by it. By pure accident, by being yeah. stupid. And neither one of us ever watched Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, the Rudolph game will be, will be next week. But... Um, I'm going to take a video inside of my house just to, because my wife is insane. Every single room in the house is decorated. Is Christmas. Yeah. And she went in my office yeah. and turned it into Christmas. There you go. Hey, but don't be a Grinch. Man. Well, it's hard to in that environment, but it's hard to live up to the expectations. Well, look, Mrs. Christmas. Let's get into some crime time for Monday. All right, and we're going to Hillsborough County. And anybody want to take a guess where that's at? Florida. Georgia. Borders, Pinellas County. That's right, Florida. What he wins. Tampa. Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office is hailing several good Samaritans as heroes after it says... They helped a woman being attacked in a Publix parking lot on Monday. Hey, I got to interrupt because uh, most people don't know what a Publix is. The um, when I lived in Orlando back in like 1990 or whatever, I, that's my first experience with a Publix. It's mm. P U B L I X. It's their major grocery store chain yep. in Florida. It's like the Winn Dixie of Florida, right? right. So, uh, and they also have Tom Thumbs in Florida, yeah, and they don't have yeah, them in yeah, Louisiana. That's true. And that's just like a more like gas stations. They have yeah. Piggly Wigglies, too. Well, we still yeah. have some Piggly Wigglies here. 
Robert Moore, 42, <laughs> approached the 65-year-old victim in the parking lot of the, of the Publix. Uh, deputies said he knocked her to the ground and stole her keys. They added that some people nearby saw the attack and they stepped in immediately. One person called 911 and two others detained Moore <laughs> until police advi- arrived and took him into custody. And detained is a very loose term in this case. Right. The swift actions of these good Samaritans echo the strength and unity of our tight-knit community. That from the sheriff. Uh, Moore has been charged with robbery by sudden snatching. Sudden snatching. How about that? Battery on a victim over 65 and battery. Now, Two things are great about this story. First, it's one of several stories lately that we have covered where good Samaritans have gotten involved rather than a bunch of people sitting around with their cell phones getting right. footage for the next right. TikTok video. People were taking action. And right. when we say take action, look, it's important in this one because when you check out the booking photo of this guy, well, let's just say they flat out whipped his ass. He gave him his issue. And right. so we're going to show you, we're going to post this on the yeah. Facebook page. But this guy. Stomping. Face looks like hamburger meat now. Let's just say that. So, shout out, great work to these folks for coming to the aid of this sixty-five-year-old. Absolutely, lady. More people should do it. Yeah, we could turn the whole country around if everybody just started giving a fuck about it. That's right, and quit just filming it. Yeah, amen. Sudden, sudden snatching is a crime. That's got to be a Florida term I've never heard of before. The, uh, but. I'm glad. I like it. I'm glad. Sudden snatching. Sudden snatching. So, real life, real crime style, y'all. Jim alluded to this in the headline, but there's a whole lot more story to the than just this police officer that killed his wife in Brazil. Um, And you know, I'm the South American correspondent, so I'm bringing you the story. Um, I'm not going to use my Portuguese because, you know, they were Spanish speakers. No, they're not. Brazil, they speak no. Portuguese. Well, 60% of the country, 40% speak Spanish. Because you studied that. And I had I did a lot of business hey, in Brazil. I'm the, I'm, the, uh, I'm the true correspondent. I know you're the correspondent, but I'm saying this, this you can do your Spanish accent here. These were people okay. speak Spanish. All right. So a Brazilian police officer punched his wife repeatedly before shooting her dead in broad daylight in, in the city of Sa- uh, Sao Paulo. On Sunday, surveillance camera footage showed Erika de Lima, 33, stepping out from the driver's seat and pulling open the right passenger door to force her husband, military police officer Diego de Lima, 36, out of the vehicle. The woman could be seen dragging the cop out of the car before he steps out with a gun in his right hand. He then fired a shot, just missing his wife's head. He then hit her in the face with the gun five times, that's more commonly referred to as pistol whipping, before firing two shots into her chest. The disturbing video shows the woman stumbling around before she collapsed dead against the bumper of the car. After killing his wife, Diego got back into the vehicle and drove up the street. He then returned and dragged the body towards the sidewalk. At one point, Delima placed his wife's body in the car and drove her to a nearby hospital where she was confirmed dead. He was arrested after he confessed to shooting her. However, he told the cops that she tried to take his gun away during the argument, which the surveillance video does not support. He is facing 
a, a femicide charge, y'all. Wow. So she was pregnant. Oh. She uh, and Erica de Lima, his mother to two daughters from a previous relationship, and Thiago de Lima had been married for just six months. Um, Erika had filed a police report back on October 30th, claiming that he threatened her with a gun and pointed it at her head. However, she, as so many domestic violent cases, she declined to press charges and did not ask for order of protection. That means he's groomed her back in. The, the cycle of violence, the will, oh, babe, it's okay. And they had the makeup period until it happened again. But the incident reportedly stemmed from an argument the couple had after leaving a club where Diego had gone into a jealous rage. Crazy, right? All over the world. Brazil is a real life, real crime. That that video can be a dangerous place. That video is really disturbing. Uh, it's easy to find online if you want to see it. Yeah, if y'all want to find this it, was go look a, it up. We can't was post a, was it. Was a brutal. It's too much shit. Yeah. It's a, just a bad, bad deal. Um, I don't know. Real yeah, life, real life, real crime. Brazil's a different world. It is. Uh, guys, we've done some qualitative research, and do you know what the number one television show for real life, real crime daily listeners is? Their favorite. Well, if you say TV anything uh, to do with what I think you're going to say, it's a lifetime show or something. It's bullshit. Uh, oh, for real life, real crime listeners, probably. Co- uh, Dateline or Cold Case Files. Or I'd say, like that. yeah, I'd say Dateline. If but I it, in, in Mike's world, it's going to be something like to do with the oh, it'll be Orange of, County Housewives. Housewives of, of guys are way Palm off. Beach. It's yeah. Yellowstone, yeah. which is also the number one program on that. television, period. Yeah. I mean, I watched everything to do with it. Is it yeah. still? Yeah. Do you yeah, know well, that? you know, they, they moved it on to CBS. So they took the old seasons uh-huh. that had only been on streaming uh-huh. and put them onto CBS yeah. in primetime. And brought CBS's primetime numbers way, up. way higher really? than it, they'd been yeah, in forever. And mm-hmm. I had to put them on TV for my dad uh, a couple weeks ago, and and he watched them all the whole seasons over again. But Taylor, shout out to Taylor Sheridan. The, um, I actually went back and found out. Did you know? Not only did he do Yellowstones and all the spinoffs and and other shows that I've watched, uh, like The King of Marystown and all that, mm-hmm. but he did a lot of movies. And and, and um, some of them not so famous, some famous. I just love everything that dude does. It is amazing. He's that he, he's had an amazing string. He's like of hits, and it's it's not just everything in the Yellowstone universe. Right, he's right. branched out and right. done some very different work yeah. that's been really successful. This is bizarre. This story because uh, what's happening is he is at war with one of his stars right now, and not. Kevin Costner over uh, whether he's coming back to the series or not. This is uh, a different situation. So while fans wait for the second half of Yellowstone's final season to debut, some legal drama has started between the show's creator and one of his stars. We all know Rip Wheeler on (laughs) Paramount Network's uh, Yellowstone, who's played by Cole Hauser. He's been a fixture on the show since it debuted in 2018. Rip leads the ranch hands on Yellowstone's Dutton Ranch, which is run by Kevin Costner's character, John Dutton. Rip's also married to Beth Dutton, played by Kelly Riley, who's probably the most loved, beloved character in the series. Uh, 
an off-screen legal battle between the producer of TV's number one show and one of his stars has stirred a lot of attention. Let me be the first to suggest that perhaps this is all a big promotional stunt, but if it is, it's an effing great one. Bosque Ranch is the brand name for the wide-ranging business empire of Yellowstone creator Taylor Sheridan. Bosque Ranch has filed a lawsuit against Free Rain. Free Rain is uh, Yellowstone star Cole Hauser's coffee company. The trademark infringement lawsuit filed on November 21st in the Northern District of Texas alleges free reign of, quote, unfair competition and false advertising. Bosque Ranch, which also has a coffee brand, claims that free reign uses a brand mark strikingly similar to Bosque Ranch's registered trademark, potentially misleading consumers. So we've got the creator of the show and a star of the show, both with coffee brands that are using uh uh, branding that looks similar to each other. Bosque Ranch's brand mark uh, infuses the letters B and R, Bosque Ranch, uh, uh, and it looks like a cattle brand, while Free Rain also infuses its two letters, F and R, so B-R and F-R. The lawsuit alleges that Bosque Ranch has been using the intertwined B-R brand mark since 2004 and secured federal registrations in 2020. Bosque Ranch launched its craft coffee brand back in June. Hauser turned the brand Longhorn Coffee, based in San Angelo, Texas, into Free Rain back in August. The company launched its first coffee brands with the Free Rain logo in October. Bosque Ranch claims Free Rain did so without their authorization. The lawsuit alleges the two similar brand marks will cause consumer confusion since both Sheridan and Hauser are connected to Yellowstone and both actively promote their brands. Bosque is seeking permanent injunctive relief damages and profits from the defendants under both the Lanham Act and Texas law for the alleged infringement. The lawsuit comes just a month after Paramount confirmed the show's final episodes will debut in November of 2024. This comes just months after it reported that Kevin Costner will be exiting the series in the first half of season five. Although the studio did soften the blow to Yellowstone fans by announcing Two spin-off series, one entitled 1944, and the other is currently titled 2024. Uh, but the first to suggest that um, these guys are going to find a way to solve this before it gets too crazy. Yellowstone fans demand it. And since it's your favorite show, I thought you all needed to know about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That story didn't score well in the boardroom earlier. The, yeah, it was just, yep, okay. All right. So All good. That may be my last Yellowstone story. <laughs> we're going to take you to Memphis, Tennessee, home Elvis Presley. And He's we're still gonna, there. Yeah. Right. yeah. A 19-year-old was taken into custody for holding a gas station employee at gunpoint and stealing $600 and two donuts. Memphis police responded to the robbery at Exxon on South 3rd Street in Memphis. A suspect later identified as Keelan Jones walked into the store, pulled a gun on the clerk, and demanded money. Jones reportedly handed the worker a plastic bag, and the worker filled it with about $600 from the register. Before leaving the store on foot, Jones made sure he grabbed two donuts from the shelf. A little after 3 a.m., officers found Jones, and he began to run. Once caught, 
the gun, $367 in a plastic bag, and two donuts were found on him. The gun was reported stolen from a vehicle burglary in 2022. Project Exile, five years federal time, automatic, regardless of the crimes. There you go. So Kellen Jones is charged with evading arrest, theft of a firearm, and aggravated robbery. He's set to appear in court this week. But it begged the question, and I sought the answers, of how much teen crime has increased. Seems like we're cutting a... A lot of uh, covering a lot of stories on that. Well, you may be surprised to know it has actually decreased. Wow, that's right. Uh, and when you look at the number of crimes of violent crimes over time since uh, 1980, which was the chart I looked at, you had a, a peak there in 1996. There were over a million crimes involving teens. Well, that's because of most of the years I was a teen. Yeah, me too. That's what I was thinking. God, that was when I was, that looks bad in the, in the 90s. So uh, that was kind of the peak for that. Actually, in in the chart I, I was looking at went through 2021. Uh, between 2017 and 2021, you had about 250 to 300,000 uh, uh, violent crimes of of teens that teens were committing in that time frame so it's actually since the 90s really went down just doesn't seem like it yeah, yeah. well uh, it's a lot it's, more being charged is carjacking adults. considered a violent crime yes yes absolutely and yeah, yeah there's something wrong with those well I, I think i think uh, um it's a combination uh, mainly that the they started charging a lot of teens as adults now but uh because it certainly didn't go down and i used to be a supervisor at a Juvenile Detention Center, and everybody was in there. It's not a hug a thug. Everybody's in there for rape, murder, robbery, something serious like that. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. But interesting, John. Interesting story. Now, I'm going to take you all of this one. Warning to Miss Jerry, uh, this is a bizarre story. It is a crime because there's murder involved and, and everything else. But the, so and we're going to Russia. 
a Russia retiree was mauled to death by a rare Siberian Siberian tiger after he followed the big cat tracks into the woods because it had killed and dragged away his pet dog, right? Because that seems like a good idea, but I guess he was trying to get his his dog to Louisiana Pet Crematory. But the deadly animal attack was reported Monday near the village of Obar, the tiger crushed the pooch owned by the 76-year-old villager, identified by an acquaintance only as Uncle Vita, prompting the angry pet owner to follow the predator. Vita uh, followed the tiger for a considerable distance, at least five kilometers. The elderly man eventually caught up to the beast somewhere in the forest where the animal tore his ass up. I bet he did. Right? Uh, authorities found Vita's lifeless body laying on the ground next to the remains of his dog with his body bearing signs of an animal's impact, which means the t- tiger tore his ass up, just like he did Did what dog. a tiger does. Right. And so, um, obviously, the animal perceived him as a threat and attacked the man, claimed the post from Russia's investigative committee. Police and specialists from Kabor. Region hunting authority have launched an investigation to the fatal incident. Yeah, when it depending on yeah, right. Depending on the outcome of the probe, authorities decide whether to remove the protected rare tiger from the wild. We express, you know what, fuck that. They should leave that tiger alone. That dude. I mean, he's walking his dog out there, and with their Siberian tigers, shit they're going right. to do what tigers do. But, um, yeah. So, but authorities say. Uh, there have been nearly 300 cases of tigers entering populated areas this year alone, in some cases killing dogs and attacking people. And the Siberian tiger is a critically endangered species. With Beautiful. But only about 450 remaining. Yes, and they're not doing uh, shit uh, to the tiger. In the wild, 450 in, in, in the wild and 650 in cat, uh, captivity. And it's the largest living cat in the world with males weighing between <laughs> 400 to 700 pounds and measuring up to 12 feet in length. So Beautiful. the old man thought he'd follow the 700-pound tiger's yeah, I mean, tracks. Look, it's not like he's following a bobcat track. <laughs> a 12-foot tiger, I would submit, has paws bigger than my head. Right? Oh, yeah, I and mean, fangs. I mean, it's, either, it's either a bear or a tiger. Either way, you went in there and, and I mean, well, whatever. No, I mean, I love my dogs. Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure what, it's a, but, if a tiger drive uh, without a firearm, I'm not chasing. Yeah, like him. what? What the hell was his plan? Get an errand. There is no plan. Right? He was going to talk it out with the tiger. Uh, 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 Ivan he, Drago couldn't have it, stopped it, right. right. If he had a plan, it's like Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, or, or so they get clawed in the face. clawed in the face by a Siberian tiger. And you think that you, you think the tiger knows he's a protected species too? I mean, I think, think so. about it, how I think how the tiger what a badass you would be at 700 pounds, 12 yeah. feet long, well, and uh, you're protected. I know the tiger knows that he's the baddest mf'er in the woods. Uh, and I, I would guess maybe because he is protected and they don't hunt him and shit that they're not scared of humans. So I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, and they're beautiful animals. Yeah. How did they tiger. almost kill him up Just for the furs for the I for the coats? So. Uh, probably like everything else. Is, is Mike the tiger a, a Siberian? No, it's a Bengal tiger. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, he had several. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all Bengals. Bengals. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. They're okay. Bengals. What was the white one? In a white one. They didn't have a white. Never Mike had, does, yeah. No. No. Not, not as the full-time mascot. I've been going to Mike's 
Tiger's Cage no since I was a little kid. My oh, 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 we're talking about two different things. I'm sorry. We're talking about I, Mike the Tiger. I thought you were talking about Mike Tyson's Tigers. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Fuck Mike Tyson's Tigers. <laughs> I th- no, I seriously thought you were talking no, about Tiger's no. Tigers. Okay, cat. Mike the Tiger. No. Yeah. My cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, he's seriously. Well, you've seen him in the movie, but you oh, know, yeah, I did yeah, the show yeah. with him. He, he's, he's got him some Tigers. Yeah, yeah we're good for him. Yeah. And they like him. They cuddle. He's a cat. Yeah. Well, my son it. came down. I forgot I had done these back when uh, uh, I was doing the Tyson podcast. I did these uh, Merry Christmas uh, <laughs> Tyson charts. Merry Christmas. That's, that's Mike in a Santa hat uh, in the sweatshirt. It says Merry Christmas yeah. on them. And I mean, we people love it's those hilarious. things. Yeah. But, uh, you can, you to need to give me a sign glove from a bar. Merry Christmas. He, he, he he's like, back in shape, man. I'm oh, yeah. watching some videos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike looks like he's ready his, to go. I watched his stand-up shit, and it was actually pretty good. His one-man show? Yeah. Or oh, absolutely. that was a great. I mean, I was yeah. like, what the Tyson? hell? That yeah, was that a really was a great show. Yeah. Tell you something. That right, guy that, is actually a brilliant guy. Ooh, he yeah. is a deep guy. This is a an interesting story. A former, former Georgia police officer is now suing the department for discrimination, alleging he was forced to cut his dreadlocks that he had grown in connection to his religion, despite this law, which is called the Crown Act, being in place. More on the Crown Act later. Milton Myrie, 36, filed a lawsuit for an undisclosed amount of damages on Sunday against the city of South Fulton Police Department, claiming they forced him to cut his dreadlocks or he would not be able to become a police officer. Myrie had moved his family from New York to Georgia in January of 2021 to work for the police department where he claimed he was given the ultimatum. When he was moments away from signing his contract and beginning his police academy training, Myrie said former Deputy Chief Connie Rogers told him he had to cut off his locks in order to work for the department. Myrie claimed he asked several times for a religious uh, accommodation but was told no. According to the lawsuit, Myrie is a member of the Rastafarian faith and wore long natural locks to symbolize his connection to biblical wisdom and that they served as his spiritual energy conductors. He had grown his locks for 20 years in accordance with his Rastafarian religion, and on a single day he was asked to turn his back on everything he believed in, said the lawsuit. The lawsuit also argued that the police department had a sex-based double standard as Myrie witnessed female officers who were allowed to wear dreadlocks. In February 23, Myrie said his, he was finally able to speak with someone from Human Resources and, and was informed uh, about the possibility of religious accommodations. After learning his supervisors failed to inform him of this policy, Myrie resigned from the department. To comply with what he believed was uh, the hairstyle policy, Myrie repeatedly shaved his head so his hair was below two inches, which resulted in a chronic skin condition that prevents him from growing his locks back, his lawsuit claims. He also had a deep and personal spiritual connection to his hair locks, and he would not have cut them if he knew that um, that this was uh, uh, was going to be enforced by the department. The law makes it illegal for places, this Crown Act law makes it illegal for places of employment to discriminate against a person for their hairstyle, including protective and cultural hair textures and hairstyles. My re-lawsuit also alleges that the police department and the city violated his civil rights for failing to accommodate his religious hairstyle. Um, uh, a 
A spokesperson for the city of South Fulton said, uh, please be assured that we take all allegations seriously and are committed to ensuring a fair and just workplace for all employees. Rastafarian beliefs and practices are often associated with reggae music and marijuana. However, this is a narrow view of the religious movement. Rastafarianism is a way of life that emerged from the Jewish and Christian religions and was founded in Jamaica in the 1920s. And this all reminds me of the greatest Rastafarian of all time, Bob Marley, who brought Rastafari to the American masses in the 1970s. Marley wrote and performed many great songs, probably my favorite, No Woman, No Cry, which a lot of people misunderstand. And that song is actually about the strength of mama, of course, the strength of ladies, the strength of women with a backbone. They hate to be like, uh, they have to be like a she-lion, woman strong, you know, not depending on the man. Those were Marley's words about his song. Mm. Sang much better when Marley. Yeah, he, he so, um, I, I'm not allowed to uh, to comment on independent litigation. <laughs> I do have one comment on this uh, particular story, and that is, uh, you know, I, I don't know why they care that he has dreadlocks or not. I don't know how that would affect his job. Um, and if you let the women wear the dreadlocks, what's wrong with letting the men wear the dreadlocks? They're going to lose I mean, the, not even lose taking the, the religion I mean. side out of it. I mean, I— you know, and and I know a lot of, especially police departments, things like that, have certain policies. I I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to kind of relax them a little bit. Well, so. and they actually had a policy that did relax them, and the guy didn't know it existed. This uh, this uh, uh, this rule, which is why he's going to win this, and they're going to offer to yeah, that, to reinstate well, him because it's right. ridiculous that they didn't. All right. Well, thank you for that. Got a good one coming at you now. All right. Well, let me tell you about this. Uh, a man has been charged with murder after killing a woman who made him feel suspicious while performing oral sex. Oh, really? Damien Bible, 25, of Minneapolis, is charged with second-degree murder after the deadly uh, shooting. Witnesses reported to police that they had heard a gunshot near a courtyard in downtown Minneapolis, then saw a man walking. Using surveillance footage, investigators were able to follow the suspect from the courtyard to a bus stop station downtown. He then went into an apartment building. Apartment management was able to identify Bible for investigators from a photograph provided by police. Speaking with authorities, Bible initially claimed he was not involved in the shooting, but later admitted that he once was shown the video footage gathered by investigators. He then eventually admitted to shooting the victim, saying she was making him feel suspicious while performing oral sex on him. Mm. After the act was complete, Bible said he continued to feel suspicious, so he shot her. Gunshot residue was located on her sweatshirt hood, according to police, and he admitted to shooting her from inches away. Once arrested, Bible was given a phone to make calls to his parents, during which he told his dad that he just murdered someone and that he knew he wasn't God, but he had to do it. A search warrant was executed in his apartment, and a 9 millimeter handgun with no serial number was recovered, along with a 
22 caliber rifle and Bible is currently what in was custody. activity. Well, he hasn't specified. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure, thinking I'm sure. he was on some kind yeah, of he's, PCP. He's still trying to think of it. Or maybe she had the hood up and at some point. You're a cop. Some, I don't know. No, something no, like no, that. At some you point, know? Uh, he felt whiskers on her chin or something and then thought oh, maybe, she's, I didn't think maybe she's trying to play me like she's a female and she's a man or something. Yeah. yeah Might have been I'm on just, something. I, it's a bad joke, y'all. I'm sad that she got killed. Yeah, it is. Tragic story and he's a fucking idiot. The, um, look, the last original real life real crime episode, I think it, what did I name it? Accidental, Jim? Uh, your bonus episode was named Accidental. Oh, the bonus episode. That's yeah. right. Okay, so that that's, that's for Patreon and Convicts, and it just came out on set. Uh, It'll uh, be maybe dropping here. Today or maybe on but, Monday or uh, Sunday. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's a it's a very real deal. Soon, and, and, and that's why you have to subscribe because then everything just comes into your feed, right. and you, right. you don't have to depend on us to tell you when the, you're going to um, But anyway, that's a that's an, another Patreon convict bonus episode. But I talk about this the, this topic specifically. It's and sometimes you know I go off on a tangent and stuff, and when I've been thinking about things for, um, that are coming back to me, and this is another one, y'all, and and. and um, you know, Mike gave me this story yesterday. I'm like, holy fuck, this is exactly what I was talking about on that bonus episode. But an 11 year old boy tragically died after his 12 year old sister shot him in the head with a rifle during a family hunting trip. The two Mississippi youngsters were out hunting for rabbits on Saturday along with their 19 year old stepbrother at their grandmother's house when the heartbreaking shooting took place. The boy had knelt down to hand his sister the rifle so she could have a turn at shooting the rabbit. But as she stood up, she pulled the trigger and he was shot in the head. Family members immediately jumped into action to provide aid and an ambulance rushed him to the hospital. He continued to fight for his life despite sustaining the critical and life-threatening injuries from the 22 caliber rifle. The young boy was sadly pronounced dead after being first transported to the hospital and then another hospital and and you know this is what the sheriff's office reported children involved haven't been publicly identified due to their ages that's common officers haven't announced whether any charges will be filed in 11 year old's death i can tell you they're not going to be uh work these cases go listen to that patron or, or bonus episode comic episode but they have uh, the officers have called the shooting a tragic accident and said that the investigation is ongoing says, right now our investigation is sadly ongoing, uh, um, and that's what the head of the wildlife fishery said. Carter took the lead on the investigation because the shooting was hunting-related. Again, that happens anytime it's a suspicious hunting incident. The year, you know, I affectionately call them possum cops, uh, uh, work these these shootings. But an initial statement, Carter, who's the head, said it was a young lady that shot her brother. The colonel said the boy's organs could save others' lives. Out of this horrible tragedy, some child or children somewhere around the country will receive the organ donations that could be the gift of life. And, y'all, that's why in all my regular episodes in LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, and I've, I've seen this one, the, the two different levels, one being the people who accidentally 
that say that it's but it's not an accident, y'all. Your fingers, your safety, or the, uh, it was always uh, the weapon was unloaded. I, I thought it was unloaded, right? Un- unloaded weapons kill. Um, horrible tragedy. This kid's never going to be charged, but they got to live with it for the rest of their life. But because this um, family chose to have the, their son's organs go up for organ donation. Hopefully, other people are going to live uh, uh, because of it. So, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, take a minute. You don't have to be from Louisiana. You could be a lifer from, give me a, a country or a city, Mike. Uh, Atlanta. For, from the, from Atlanta. Go to Lopa.org, take two minutes, fill it out, become a hero. Uh, um, horrible story. But I've I worked so many of these freaking things, man. I, just, I don't get it. Do you, um, I, I haven't even it, it worked this way in California. Do I, does it, when I got my driver's license, it, 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 do you declare whether you're an organ donor? You can, or not? but a lot of people, like if you go to Lopa today and sign up, it's not automatically going to be a driver's license till the next time you go. Right. The, uh, okay. But when you go to the DMV, I don't see anything on here about go, me being a, a donor. You go there, yeah, but it's a heart. You would have a heart. Look, I'll show you my, the, um, you know, y'all, the chances that— Oh, no, it's just on the back. It says donor, yes. Yeah, the chances that they're ever going to harvest— thats I don't know what the proper term is. And Lori Steele, she's a spokesman for LOPA. Look, see, on the bottom of my picture there, it has a red heart and says donor. It, hey, look, they want to use my shit? That's yeah. weird, because mine doesn't have that, but on the back it says donor, and, yes. And then, you know, like all the time, you get people message. Um, oh, Mike wants to know why he don't I don't want to be an organ donor because I think if, you know, they're— if, you know, I'm on the table. They may not try to save me. They, yeah, they just want bullshit. bullshit. But the 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 fact that people are alive, like when I was in Wisconsin, getting hung hunt with the young man Jacob, um, who who was a recipient of uh, Hero Reese's lungs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, anyway, I get off the horse. Go ahead, next door. No, it's a very uh, worthwhile uh, horse uh, to be on. Uh, uh, it's just. People are dying every day waiting on these organs. And I have so many different families, and I'll never uh, share their secrets. They message me like, hey, my child died last night. Um, Lopa came in, and we we absolutely, they use these organs, but we would have never known about it had it not been for you talking about it. And they took care of us. And look, they're a nonprofit. They take care of them through and through, even years and years afterwards. Like, um Reese's mama is is the uh, she's a big advocate naturally for Lopo now, but they still, you know, whatever. It's it's good shit, people. Well, look, but, and I'm sure uh, for the families that lose someone, there's at least some level yeah. of well, well, both of these families when we were in Wisconsin. It, it 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 was Reese's family and the 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 recipient's family, and now they're bonded for life. So. It's crazy. I don't. That's a part of the club. I don't want to be a part of. Yeah, understood. Okay, so back in April, Real Life Real Crime Daily shared the story of this tragic killing in South Carolina, where a couple had just gotten married. They're in this golf cart driving uh, uh, in the uh, the area where the uh, the wedding party was was to be, and they get slammed into by a female driver who is uh, three times the yeah. legal blood alcohol level and the 
bride is tragically killed and the husband is uh, is badly, badly uh, injured as well. So uh, this thing has evolved in a really strange way. The mother of that bride who was killed is taking legal action against her son-in-law, accusing him of fraud and dishonoring her daughter amid a battle over insurance claims and settlement cash. Samantha Miller, 34, was the woman who was killed on April 28th on Foley Beach in South Carolina. Jamie Lee Komorowski, 26, was the driver that had the blood alcohol level that was three times the legal limit. The uh, Arik Hutchinson, age 36, was the husband. Hutchinson was left, as I said, severely injured. Miller's mother, Lisa, was initially effusive in her praise of Hutchinson, saying he was like a son to her. But she has now petitioned the court to remove him as executor of his late wife's estate, claiming that their marriage was not legitimate. At stake is a potentially large legal settlement. In October, two South Carolina beach bars settled a wrongful death lawsuit for allowing Komorowski to get visibly intoxicated before she crashed. The Crab Shack and the drop-in bar in Delhi were among several companies which agreed to settle with Miller's estate, as did Progressive Northern Insurance Company. The amounts of those settlements have not been made public, and the judge still has to approve the petition of approval of the uh, of the death settlement. So no one has received any of the uh, of the money at this point. Lisa Miller has challenged the settlements in court, uh, uh, first filing, then withdrawing, then refiling a motion to intervene in the case. She told the Post and Courier local paper that she felt Hutchinson was sidelined. Uh, uh, was sidelining her from the payout, which is not what her daughter would have wanted. Arik and I agreed several times that Sam would want us to do everything together, given the two, we were the two most important people in her life. I never wanted to challenge the validity of the marriage. I never wanted to dishonor Sam, but I feel like Arik is dishonoring my daughter in, uh, and, uh, in going against her wishes. Miller's attorney, J- Jerry Meehan, accuses Hutchinson of attempting to orchestrate a money grab carried out in secret. He said Lisa Miller's main reason to intervene in this uh, is to protect the estate of Samantha Miller and all of the rightful heirs. He added, there is no reason to rush the process and cloak in secrecy. This was a money grab from minute one. Meehan has seized on the fact that the marriage was not registered until May 1st, and the license was signed by Hutchinson's aunt and uncle while he remained in the hospital. His aunt said he had known, uh, she had known uh, the husband and wife for 36 years. Hutchinson was 36, but Miller was only 34. When he died, the aunt and uncle also mistakenly said the couple had lived together after their wedding, which obviously they had not. Hutchinson said that he was saddened by the turn of events and offered his mother-in-law half of the money. His lawyer said the questions about the marriage certificate were a distraction and called Lisa Miller's motion to intervene morally questionable. He insisted she was not being cut out. So, uh, so the husband says he's offered to give her half of the money, doesn't understand what the problem is. And the problem is the mother has found this angle where the marriage certificate wasn't signed yet and some things uh, weren't recorded. And so officially she can legally uh, uh, say they weren't married and therefore everything would, uh, would, would, go to her instead of 50-50. So it seems like the mom is the one uh, 
playing the tricks because she's threatening to uh, to take That's the crazy. legal side, take the criminal side, and uh, uh, that they weren't legally married. Seven, four. This day in true crime history, mm-hmm. December 11th, 1964, Sam Cooke is killed. Soul music legend Sam Cooke is shot to death at the Hacienda Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Bertha Franklin, the manager of the motel, claims she shot him in self-defense after he threatened her life and tried to rape a young girl he had checked in with. The court eventually ruled the 33-year-old's death was justifiable, but his family and supporters are adamant that there was more to the story. As Muhammad Ali once said, if Cook had been Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, or Ricky Nelson, the FBI would be investigating. Mm. So that was 1964 Crazy. big news I, I back then. I didn't actually know that. Yep. 1978, the LaFonza heist took place December 11th. Six thieves steal $5 million in cash and an additional 875000 in jewelry from JFK International Airport in New York during the largest cash robbery in American history. As referenced in the 1990 film Goodfellas, the men pull up the, uh, pulled up to the LaFonza cargo building at the airport around 3 a.m., took several employees hostages, and loaded their loot. Lucchese family associate Jimmy Burke was suspected of being the mastermind behind the heist, but he was never officially charged, and detectives never recovered either the money or the jewelry. There you go. And finally, in true crime history for December 11th in 2008, my most hated guy ever, in my opinion, Bernie Madoff is arrested. American billionaire and financier. It was that long ago. Bernie Madoff is arrested in 2008 in New York City on charges of running a Ponzi scheme that was one of the biggest investment frauds in the history of Wall Street. As early as the 1980s, he was swindling clients by lying about the returns on their investments and paying off his initial investors with funds from new clients. But as the economy crashed in 2008 and investors tried to take all their money out at once, Madoff was caught. His clients lost as much as $65 billion in total. And Madoff was sentenced to 150 years in prison. Ultimately, he died in a North Carolina prison cell due to kidney disease at the age of 82 on April 14th, 2021. And that is your December 11th, This Day in True Crime History. New, uh, new several people who were... Uh who were invested with Madoff. Yeah, he was horrible. Asshole. Yeah. Kinky Crimes for Monday. And y'all, this one's very unique. A brazen man with an apparent foot fetish, which we talked about a lot. I know a lot of y'all got it. It's just not in my bag. Uh, um, but a foot fetish who allegedly broke into a luxury Nevada resort on two separate occasions to cradle unsuspecting women's feet as the victim slept. Mm. Guess what? His ass is now in custody. Mm-hmm. Mark Anthony Gonzalez, 26, is accused of being the infamous Lake Tahoe foot fondler. Hey, it, right? I like that. What name. a great fucking name. Was arrested at his home in Atwater, California on Tuesday. Two women staying at the club went south in Nevada. Each woke up at 4.30 a.m. on a Sunday and a Monday to find the creep funneling their feet. 
During the early morning hours, an adult male entered the two state line resort condominiums by opening unlocked screen doors. Lucky doors, people. Once inside, he positioned himself at the foot of the bed and rubbed the feet of two separate adept females while he masturbated into his hands. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> The intruder bolted out of the resort rooms through their exterior sliding screen door after his victims awoke to the terrifying ordeal. Each female awoke from their sleep as the subject was rubbing their feet, the cops said. Once awake, the females confronted the male subject, and he ran like a little bitch. The suspect was later identified via forensic techniques. Mm-hmm, maybe a little sperm count. Following his arrest, Gonzalez was booked and was on multiple charges and he's been held in jail. Um, the Nevada police said, I am uh, chief said, I am extremely pleased that my investigators are able to identify, locate and arrest this individual. And he is also suspected by law enforcement of trespassing and stealing women's shoes in California and pleasuring himself while in that. We're oh, calling wow. to jacking off. DCSO <laughs> investigators said Gonzalez was already known to local law enforcement in that order county where he was a suspect of numerous crimes, including the theft of women's shoes, trespassing, and sexual gratification again, masturbation during some of these incidents. It appeared to the investigators that Gonzalez's crimes were escalating in nature, obviously. The two women who were strangers to one another both were standing on the ground floor of the resort in the of course, we'd tell him he left the door insane. How, when Imagine you, uh, waking up, dudes rubbing on all over your feet. Right? And then nudging. And jacking off. Right? What yeah. about when that guy. I would kill that When that guy oh, arrives yeah. at prison as the Lake Tahoe foot fondler. I, say, it, it, I, mean, I think, I would think, I mean, he'd be held in higher esteem than a child molester. Probably le- uh, higher esteem than a tree jumper, which is a rapist. But he's gonna be right there, right there, right there in, in the level, mix. The yeah. Lake Tahoe, a little prison foot. justice. He's probably gonna re- have real life, real crime there. original, which came out Saturday late due to me not a vision podcast studio. Uh, um, <laughs> we talk about prison justice, foot fetish, foot fetish. You know that's one of the man. I'm, top I'm not fetishes. saying I never played around with feet and shit. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, mean, the, uh, you know, I ain't got no fetish. I'm not, I'm not trying to get off on it. No nah. foot. I, I actually think. Probably the least attractive body part. I mean, if you were going to have a fetish on, definitely on it, me. I I can <laughs> I can slit your I mean, throat with my toenails. I mean, ears like ears player. are kind of ears are kind of nasty. I'm not really in that. You know, I don't know. Ears, nose, I'm feet. A, I'm not even gonna say what I mean. I'm just a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of a boob guy. <laughs> I stain. Uh, Maybe some banjo. Was it you asked me the other day? I'm like, I'm not fucking answering that question. I can't remember what it was. Oh, about cheating, getting caught cheating. cheating. Oh, fuck. That no, was lame. How can you? Fucking... Our audience wants to know. Yeah, okay. I got, you never know. I got 37 complaint notes about that. that yeah. Why won't Woody be honest? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how it works out for him. I'm just. I'm just making up stories. So that, that, as to getting accused when you're not doing it is, yeah. is when the fucking that's, real problem that's, is. That's that right. is. That is bullshit. Okay. The brand new corporate offices of Jackalope.com were recently completed. And today had been moving day. 
I'm not even going to touch that. One of Jackalope's employees had been overheard at the gym talking about the big move into their swanky new offices the day before. He had no idea that the swole guy doing military presses a few feet away was listening in attentively. That guy, a low-level drug dealer and sometime thief named Michael Walters, was planning the job in his mind as the Jackalope.com guy spoke. That next evening, he and two buddies were excited to find that the company had not even activated the security system at their new digs. The company had made this almost too easy. Stuff was literally still packed in boxes from the move earlier that day. A treasure trove of laptops, 3D printers, ultra-high-definition monitors, and other technical goodies was theirs for the taking. The three men loaded up their minivan with everything they could possibly stuff inside. They sped off and decided they'd regroup in the morning after a good night's sleep and make some decisions about what to do with their bounty. Walters walked out of his door toward the minivan at 7.30 a.m. the next morning and was immediately arrested. He couldn't figure out how the cops had figured things out so quickly. But then one of the cops asked, do you know what Jackalope does, Jackalope.com does? Walter replied, no idea. Well, they manufacture GPS chips and tags, the cop said. (laughs) You geniuses walked away with six boxes of active GPS tags last night. The CEO woke up this morning to 3,000 tags flashing the address of your house. That is so funny. With that, Walters lowered his head and could hear the faint sound of banjos Banjos. off in the distance. Another good one. That's too Know what you're stealing. Master. I, I had no fucking idea what jackalope.com was. Sound like a porn site for yeah. animal lovers. I have, a, I, have a stuffed, I have a stuffed jackalope on the wall in my office. Yeah, yeah. but see, uh, jackalopes aren't real. Well, yeah. there's a story I won't tell because I'll embarrass myself. But right. You saw a jackalope. Well, okay, I'll tell it. Because <laughs> I, like, I like to embarrass myself. So the first time I went to Arizona... Mm-hmm. I was at a bar with a bunch of friends uh, that uh, operate radio stations there. In fact, it was uh, uh, Buck Owens' son, Michael Owens. And there were jackalopes all over the wall. And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, it's a jackalope. I said, come on, that's bullshit. And he said, no, no, no. At some point, a jackrabbit and an yeah, antelope yeah, got together. Here. And this yeah. is the breed. And they're all over the, mm-hmm. they're all over the desert. Uh, and they kept up with it. And I believed it. Right. So I went, I went back to uh, New York and I told a couple of people the, the story. And uh, so a guy that worked for me at the time called these guys back and said, you guys, you, you gotta, you gotta get all, Ago believes right. that there's jackalopes. freaking jackalopes. Yeah. And so I, uh, I said, I'm going to prove it to you, to this guy in my office and I leave a voicemail for uh, a park ranger in the state of Arizona asking uh, about uh, jackalopes. Well, I don't know it, but I get a phone call back from the park ranger. Except it wasn't the park ranger. It was the morning team at KNIX in Phoenix. 
who did a five minute interview with me going oh, on about how jackalopes were real for the first we four need, minutes and 45 seconds. We need that seconds, interview for And then Christmas made episode. me feel like I gotta the see if I can find dumbest that. human being he, on the planet. He's gotta have it. I never, you gotta you got have that interview. We need that for the uh, our, our Christmas best of episode. Well, we could play it right now <laughs> on, on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I know they will. I mean, it's, that's. I bet I, it's I will on check. the internet somewhere. I, I have the, the reason I have the jackalope is they gave me right, right the jackalope as that's a cool. gift cool. after they pulled that one on me. But yeah, that's that cool. was uh, that was my jackalope. Very good, jackalopes. All right, uh, Woody Everton. He's a final y'all one more. You know what? Not one more time because it's so important. And, you know. We built this over a lot of years, and it's morphed into a lot of different things. Um, and we truly do care about each and every one of y'all. But again, the podcast industry doing what they do, and I hate the business side of shit, y'all, but it is a business. But the Apple Podcast, whatever they've done, y'all go back and hit subscribe again, please. And um, so you make sure you're getting down alerted or you – you know, when you wake up, your shit's already downloaded to to your phone or whatever it is that you listen to, and you don't have to send any more things like mm, I didn't get this or I can't find this or whatever, right? So right. sum it up, right, Mike? You're, you're the industry professional, absolutely, and, and, and it's just crazy. We don't want to get into all the antics of it. It's not our fault, but it, it, it like if you hadn't listened in. You know, you've been in the hospital, whatever. You hadn't listened for 30 days, it's hunting season, and you go back and you can't find all the episodes. Well, now you got to subscribe again. Not our fault, but we love y'all. All right. Mike, anything? Protect the jackalope. There are precious the few yes. of them yes. left. That's right. That's yes. right. They're an important species. Yes. Can you imagine an antelope humping a rabbit, <laughs> a jackrabbit at that? How fast I know. have to be? At kept. that point in my life, I probably had never seen an antelope right. or a jackrabbit. Right. Well, you'd be in from New York City, right? Get a rope. Get a rope. All right. Pick up a Love y'all. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Hey,